This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Well, with less than 11 weeks until the start of the transfer window, yes, it is only that little away. And whilst the football's on pause due to the international break, we're going to dive into all things transfers. Whose time at Anfield is coming to an end? And where's the value for Jurgen Klopp to raise funds from his current squad? Here alongside myself, Guy Clark, for the latest episode of The Agenda on Blood Red, we have Liverpool.com editor, better known as the Brand Flakes boy, Matt Addison. Matt, I trust you well. Not been there, or been, been a while since we've been together on a podcast to discuss things. And today, keep or sell, I think we've got nine names kind of up for debate. It does feel as though this summer could be a summer of change at Anfield. Yeah, it does. It feels like a, a big one, doesn't it? It's certainly a, a lot of big decisions to be made. I don't think Liverpool will expect wholesale changes. I think Jurgen Klopp's already basically admitted that he's not going to have quite as many numbers next season as, as what they have at the moment. I think there'll be probably a couple of big decisions to make in terms of, of outgoings, as I'm sure we'll come to. But I think the important thing for Liverpool is that you don't lose too many of those players. I know what, what Liverpool have done this season is is going to be unprecedented in terms of having sort of three or four or five players missing from each match day squad. I think you don't maybe want that many. I think that's possibly a little bit too far up that scale. But at the same time, you do need to, to have a strong squad to, to go and do what they've done this season again next season. You know, we don't want this to be a one-off. We want it to be that they're fighting on, on all fronts every single season from now on. So, yeah, some big decisions, but I think um, maybe probably more of them will, will end up staying than, than going, to be honest. It, it's just a case of, of which one or two you can afford to, to let go. Yeah, as I say, we've got nine names or so. These, contract, these players kind of entering last year's or last couple of years of their contracts at Liverpool, those who have been rumoured with maybe a bit of uncertainty over their futures in recent weeks. We'll start off at the back of the pitch and work our way forward. So in goal, first up, let's talk about Adrian. I mean, his contract seemingly seems to get extended at the end of each season, Matt. But after what now, three seasons at the club, is is it kind of time for him to move on? Is there somebody else to take that third choice goalkeeping position? Or equally, I suppose, how beneficial has he been on the on the training ground for, for Jurgen Klopp? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that we're probably not going to see a huge amount of him, if, if ever again, in a, a competitive match. But I do think there is an argument to keep him around for that kind of, of training ground element whenever... You know, you, you see John Atterberg speak, or, or whenever it's Quivin Kelleher or Adrian uh, Allison. Sorry, it's it, it's always you know Adrian's role being talked up. It's always a kind of um, a point that that they make really that it's very much a, a strong um, goalkeeping department at Liverpool at the moment. There's obviously players in front of him. He's not going to get back ahead of, of certainly the the top two that, that Liverpool have in terms of, of the pecking order. But I do think there's there's a strong argument to keep him around for for what he brings really to, to the training ground from everything that we hear. He's he's brilliant to to kind of have learned from. He's very experienced. Obviously, you know, Liverpool fans won't have the, the, the maybe the, the memories that they would like in terms of his, his last appearances for Liverpool. He has made a, a couple of mistakes. But I think, you know, off the, the pitch that the respect is is hugely there from his teammates. I think he's He's a big part of, of this squad. And I think he probably just enjoys being at, at Liverpool as well. He's obviously had a, a lengthy career where he's been the main man and he, he's played elsewhere. But, you know, for, for him to be at Liverpool, I don't think is is necessarily a bad thing. So, look, it, it might be that he moves on in the summer, but 
if he does, Liverpool have got players to, to come in. I think Marcelo Pitaluga is one that, that Jurgen Klopp has spoken about in the past. I know he's obviously a, a huge talent and, and is one that Liverpool will have their eyes on, probably being the, the next Vivian Kelleher almost in terms of, of going up and being that number two eventually. I don't think it's it's going to be a case of, of that happening next season or anything. I think it's it's still a, a little while away. But listen, if he, he's been on the bench a couple of times this season. If if Adrian was to move on, I think the, there's a good opportunity for, for him to step up. But I think it's it's one of those where you'd probably be happy happy either way, to be honest. If if Adrian stays, that'll be absolutely fine. If he goes, Liverpool have, have got the options to, to kind of mitigate for that. So, yeah, I'm kind of easy on this one. It does appear like his contract is up this summer, but I think there's, you know, there's, there's an argument either way with that one. Yeah, at 35 as well, he's probably fallen into that category now of kind of the, the training keeper, the understudy, the guy who helps with preparation for the others. And as you say, with, with the young lads coming through, Cleveland Kelleher has certainly moved ahead of him now. But even Pitaluga, as you mentioned, there might even come a time where if he is to, to remain by this time next season, he might be fourth choice. But he's done his job in that regard of helping to nurture and bring on the next ones, right? Let's move into the defence. A couple of names to throw at you here. Joe Gomez, a lot of talk around his future of recent. And what about Nico Williams as well? Obviously, last summer there were there were talks of him looking for a permanent move away. He had to do with a loan move to Fulham in January. He seems to be excelling there. But these two guys with uh, with more than certain futures, I would say, at Liverpool right now. Yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, you'd keep both of them. I mean, Nico is probably as, as good a backup as you're going to get, really, for Trent Alexander-Arnold. But the fact that he's gone out and, and had this bit of a taste with Fulham of playing pretty much every week, he's basically ousted Kenny Tete, I think, as, as their kind of number one. He's obviously fitted in really well at Fulham. I think it'll be a very different Fulham team when they go up next season and they're back in the Premier League. Whether they can continue to play in the same way, I'm not sure. Whether that would be quite as, as perfect for Nico, I'm not too sure on that one. But I think in an ideal world, Liverpool would keep him. Um, I think there's a good chance that James Milner moves on this summer. I don't think Liverpool have got loads of options that can cover for Trent. And obviously, we know that he does get you know an injury each season. He's, he's got one at the moment that we hope isn't too serious. But... You know, looking forward over the next few weeks, you would be a little bit worried if you didn't have anyone to, to come in and take on that role. So, yeah, in an ideal world, you'd, you'd keep Nico, but I think there is a pretty good chance, to be honest, that he is sold. I think possibly Fulham would be the, the destination that he'd go to. I think you can quite comfortably get £10 million for him, which I think in, in previous summers, to be honest, if, if Liverpool had have got an offer, that, that was deemed acceptable, they probably would have, have taken that. I know he wasn't in, in any kind of rush last summer to leave. Liverpool was quite happy to, to stay put, but possibly the, the situation possibly could change given the, the kind of taster that he's had. And, you know, Joe Gomez is is pretty much the, the same, really. In an ideal world, you'd like to keep him. I think he's a brilliant defender. I think he's got a future ahead of him at Liverpool if he's patient enough. But at the same time, he's, he's 24 years of age. There is, you know, a pretty pretty good argument that he could go and, and play every single week for, for the vast majority of teams in world football, really, to be honest. I mean, he is he is a real top-level defender. The World Cup in Qatar is coming up. That's something that will be in his mind, obviously, to get back into to the England setup for that. But for me, if I was Joe Gomez, I'd, I'd be thinking about the sort of longer term than, than just now. He's got a long way to go in his career. Joel Matip, I know, has stayed fit this season, but I'm not convinced that as he gets older, that will remain the case. We've seen that, you know, the, the evidence over the time that he's been at Liverpool. 
Virgil van Dijk isn't going to go on forever. I think there's been a pretty good partnership at times with Gomez and Ibrahim Konate that we've seen. For me, it's... I suppose it's easy to say it from the outside, but I think if Joe Gomez remains patient, there will be more chances that, that come his way. And for me, I think it would take it would take a really big club to come in for, for me to, to be tempted to leave Liverpool at this moment in time. But yeah, it, it will be interesting if, if a big enough offer came to the table, Liverpool would have a, a decision to make. But I'd be really reluctant to, to let him go, to be honest. Yeah, no, and I suppose with Joe Gomez in that regard, I suppose a lot of it kind of boils down around to, I suppose, the contract length as well, which with two years to kind of go for him as well, it is this year where that decision does really sharpen into to the focus because does he maybe look at a loan move for a year away, come back, and then next year, I suppose Liverpool are maybe in a bit of a compromised position as to if he does then decide, yeah, I want to go, the fee they can get for him, which to say he's 24, he would command a big fee, but equally it's kind of protecting the asset and realising actually is he going to stay or, or is it a case of, of moving on Van Dijk and, and Matip, as you say, both into their 30s. You would feel long-term the future is definitely there for Liverpool for him. It's just a case of if he can see through that or how how fixated he is on, on, on ensuring he's playing because he, he's missed so much football he'll want to be playing. Yeah, he needs to be playing. He deserves to be playing as well. I mean, he's only made one or two Premier League appearances this season, hasn't he? And that, for someone of, of his quality, is, is just crazy. I think he, as I say, could go and, and play for, for lots of clubs. I'm sure there will be a bit of interest in him in the summer and, and that will make it make it interesting it's it's just a case of what level of club is it I think you know Aston Villa has been linked that's kind of an obvious one with Stephen Gerrard there I think there'll be a fair few links to, to Liverpool players for, for them moving forwards now but I don't know if you're Joe Gomez would you want to go and play 35 league games for, for Aston Villa or do you want to be part of of Liverpool and, and play play less but win more and, and be part of that team and potentially in the future, be a big sort of vital cog in, in this Liverpool team. I, I don't know quite what Joe Gomez is thinking. I don't know how high up his priority list, you know, each thing is. How important is it to, to him that, that he goes and, and plays for England? I think it's it's probably easy for me to sit here and say, well, you should prioritise Liverpool over England, but that isn't necessarily what he's thinking. So, yeah, it'd be interesting. I think if, if a massive club came in and, and gave Liverpool a massive offer, they'd have something to, to think about and, and the player would too. But at the moment, I'd be I'd be slightly surprised if he chose to leave because there's no there's no kind of signs that he's not happy at Liverpool at the moment. So, yeah, I think it'd be a massive shame if he was to leave. But there is, as you say, that kind of little bit of a, a question mark over that one. Yeah, five Premier League appearances from this year. One start in that time, that obviously coming up right back against Norwich. And three of those four substitute appearances have been 89th minute substitute appearances. So, as you say, hardly any minutes in the league at all for him. Let's move into the midfield. You mentioned James Milner there, of course, his contract up. So we'll skate past him and go into another two in that midfield engine room with time still left on their contracts. Naby Keita, Liverpool's third most expensive signing of all time. And Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who, I mean, a couple of years ago when, when Liverpool won the league title, he was one of the unsung heroes of that kind of title trump, the fourth top scorer. No one outside of the front three had, had scored more goals than him that season. He broke down the following pre-season and just never seems to have, have quite got it back. No, uh, to be honest, I think it was always going to boil down to is it going to be Cater or Oxlade-Chamberlain that gets the new contract? I don't think it was ever really going to be both of them. I don't think it was likely that both of them were, were ever going to leave. I think it was always 
basically one or the other. And I think the last couple of months have, have made up my mind, really. I think if you'd have asked me in January, it was basically 50-50. But since then, Naby Keita has managed to stay fit. We've seen him play in big games. He came in, obviously, last second for the uh, the Chelsea final at, at Wembley. There's just certain things that you've seen. I think we saw Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, didn't we, come off against Nottingham Forest? Looked a little bit frustrated. It it just seems to me like he needs he needs a move, to be honest. I think he needs to, to go somewhere, play regularly, play in the position that he wants to play in. I, th- I think there is probably an argument with Oxlade-Chamberlain that you could keep him and keep him as basically that kind of James Milner type player who could fill in maybe a right back at times even. I, I wouldn't put it past him to, to do that. Obviously did well in January when Salah and, and Mane were away to, to play in the front three, scored two and two. And that was a big part in, in Liverpool being able to, to get onto that winning run, get themselves back into to title contention. So there is a versatile type player in there that you could make make use of really over the next couple of seasons. It's just a case of does he want that or does he want to go and play somewhere? And you know, he's he's always been consistent, hasn't he, all all the way through his career that he wants to to play as a central midfielder. And you know, at, at this moment in time, there's there's just too many players ahead of him. I think in in the Liverpool pecking order, you'd imagine they might look at signing another one in that area of the pitch in the summer. The, there's just a really hard argument really to to ever see him playing regularly and, and being one of the first names on the Liverpool team sheet again. So I think it will come down to basically, is there a big enough offer on the table for, for him as well? I mean, what sort of club would it be that came in for him? Could it be a, a Villa again? Could it be a West Ham? Again, would that be attractive enough for him? I'm, I'm not too sure. But yeah, for, for me, for, for the sake of, of his career, I think it's it's probably the right time for him to move on, go and find some regular game time and, and get back to, to doing what he can do best because we know he is a good footballer. I just don't think he's really ever been perfectly suited to Liverpool, but I don't think he's he's ever going to be more than than what he is now, really, a squad player. So, yeah, for me, the, the decision between those two is is fairly straightforward. I think Naby Keita has always been more kind of stylistically what Jurgen Klopp's looking for. The big question still is, can he keep injury-free? We know he's missed a couple of games for, for Guinea in the international break because of, of injury. So, again, that's not a perfect record and, and that shouldn't go unnoticed. But I still think with both of them fit, even, you know, form taken out of it, I think just stylistically, if it was a straight choice between the two of them, Jurgen Klopp is, is always, always going to pick Naby Keita. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. One thing that was kind of always maybe seemingly on Oxlade Chamberlain's side was that homegrown status that he has. But the likes of Curtis Jones and Harvey Elliott breaking through, and in particular, of course, into that midfield, Connor Bradley of also on the scene in terms of a young homegrown prospect coming through. So too Kai Gordon. It's not really as though Liverpool are desperate for for keeping homegrown players around. And you mentioned it with with Joe Gomez before, but in the summer, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain turns twenty nine. There's a World Cup at the moment and or World Cup sorry coming up it's a World Cup year it's over two years since his last pick for the England national team and this was probably the kind of time where he was meant to be in his his, his prime as it were and, and really kicking on yet you would imagine it's it's a long way off and you mentioned West Ham there and I think that's a, a good 
maybe fit for him and, and good shout there. Because if he could go there and have kind of a, a Jesse Lingard type impact, then you could really see him revive his career. And of course, moving back down to, to London as well. Let's move on though from the midfield. So so keeping Cater there, selling Oxlade-Chamberlain, the two of them, of course, this summer going into it with just a year left on their deals. But the forward line, there is so much going on that. And we're going to try and pick through this in the remaining time we have. I've got four names, Takumi Minamino, Roberto Firmino, Sadio Mane, and one Mohamed Salah. Take them in whichever order you want, but um, some big calls here, and I'm looking forward to, to what you're going to say. Yeah, I mean, firstly, we should mention Divock Origi, shouldn't we? We know that he's pretty much going to go on a free transfer in the summer. So that's one option that I think you can afford to let go and not replace. We've not seen him play a huge amount of minutes. Obviously, he's had his moments even this season with the, the goal at Wolves and, and things like that. But I think you could fairly comfortably let him go and, and he can be one that is just let go and, and isn't replaced. Obviously, Luis Diaz has come in. That extra bit of, of depth and, and quality there has been accelerated from the summer to January. So that's one less thing for, for Liverpool to have to think about. So in terms of pure numbers, I don't think that they're in a bad place. I don't think a, a, another forward, given that the Diaz signing is going to be a massive priority for Liverpool. I think that the midfield is, is a bigger thing for them to sort out. But of course, that all changes if one of the front three doesn't sign a new contract or they decide to, to move them on or a big offer comes in or, or whatever it might be. So, yeah, some some big decisions to be made. Uh, to start with Takumi Minamino, I think what he's done this season in terms of, of the Cups, the, the goals that he's got, I think he's up to, to nine or ten this season, which is, is really impressive in a really limited number of, of minutes that he's played. I think there's a real strong argument to, to keep him around the only question mark you'd have really is is whether he's happy or not. If he's wanting to play more minutes, he's wanting a bigger role, similar to Oxlade-Chamberlain, he's, he's got to move on to get that because he's never, ever going to get in the team ahead of, of the players that are, are in front of him. So right now, I think there's there's a pretty good chance that he sticks about and plays a similar role next season to, to what it is. But I've actually been looking at, at kind of the games that Liverpool have, have got left this season and I'm not convinced that Takumi Minamino will, will play again, to be honest. I think, you know, all of the, the games now, the, the semi-finals, the, the league games, they're all big games. As, as long as there's no big injuries, you, you are struggling really to, to see where he gets any minutes. So if he I does... I suppose in the Champions League and, and the FA Cup, though, these five subs, isn't it? So, I mean, Benfica, second leg. Yeah, maybe, I mean, if, if Liverpool were to, to go... A couple of goals up against Benfica in the first leg. Maybe there's there's a chance in the second leg. Maybe against Watford, you you could play him in in that game. But it, there's not loads of of chances, not loads of games where where you would think that that was a possibility. And I mean, I know it's it's five subs, isn't it in in those games? But even then, you've got other players to come in. You know, you've got Jota, you've got. Luis Diaz, whoever doesn't start is going to be coming off the bench ahead of him. I think there's there's still there's still a bit of a question mark, really, in terms of, of where he gets his minutes from from here on in. But it, for, for me, that wouldn't change anything. I'd still keep him next season. But if he wanted to, to leave and, and go somewhere, there's an opportunity for Liverpool to make a, a fair bit of money on him. I think you could easily easily demand £20 million for him, given the, the goals that he's got this season. And yeah, it, it'd be a slight surprise if he was to leave, but you can kind of, of see the argument. In terms of the other three, uh, the big three, the, the kind of traditional front three, I think 
again, I'd I'd be keeping all of them to be honest. I don't think there's, there's would, necessarily yeah. yeah, I don't think there's an argument to, to get rid of them. I think what we've seen from Sadio Mane over the last few weeks, he can obviously play through the middle and continue getting those goals. He can fill in on on either side. I think that's basically the role that you see for him moving forwards. I know there was a bit of a question mark over what it meant when Luis Diaz was signed. I think Diaz is going to become the, the number one on the left-hand side. But that's not to say that Mane can't play in, in the other roles. He can't make an impact in other ways. I think, listen, if, if a massive offer came in, you'd, you'd be tempted by it. But I just don't think there's there's really a market for, for a player like him at the moment. I think the clubs that you could see him going to are probably going to have focuses elsewhere. I, I can see a case where you just keep him and, and use him in that kind of not rotation role, but in a kind of, he doesn't have a fixed position. He's not the first name on the team sheet anymore. It's it's just a different kind of a role for him. Yeah, I I, I completely agree. I, I would say Mane does stick around, but what's the knock-on effect on Roberto Firmino then? Because in the autumn, it was kind of being taken as read that Diogo Jota now was maybe the number one option through the middle. Mane, I completely agree with you when he's played through the middle, has looked really good there. And it's been part of that kind of revolving cast of players who can play through the middle. But if Takumi Minamino is hanging around as well, I mean, where's where's the space for someone like maybe a Kate Gordon to break through to even see the first team or, or some kind of minutes? I mean, surely there's got to be one of the front three can't go from being a starter playing 40 games a season for four years in a row, whatever it, the, the number's been for those guys to then all of a sudden go, oh, you know what, actually I'll miss out on the squad fairly often and not through injury, but through the fact that I'm, I'm not being selected. And that will be a big culture shock, surely for me, the full guy's Roberto Firmino. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be against a sale for him. It, again, it's just a case of what is the market? Who is it that's going to come in and, and buy Roberto Firmino? He's he's a unique footballer, isn't he? And I think, to be fair, we've we've seen his role change this season. He's had three separate muscle injuries this season. He's not been playing as much. Even when he has been fit, he's tended to come off the bench. For me, it's it's certainly not one where I'm saying give him a new contract and make him a big part of the team. I'm just saying probably don't sell him, but probably don't offer him a new contract either. I think he's one that you could just let that contract run down. I think, you know, you're not going to get mega money for him anyway. I think yeah, there's a role for him next season. And then, obviously, you can let him go if, if that is the case. Or if he does you know, stay fit for the entirety of next season, gets back looking good again. You can kind of have make the assessment then for me. I take your point, but surely in terms of the way that FSG run the club and how Liverpool do look to make money from the players they have to then add to the pot that they may already put aside for investing in players. It's not just the case of it's, it sells a buy. We know that's definitely a myth that has been very clearly busted with kind of the Luis Diaz signing in particular, as well as the likes of Jota and Thiago arriving, as well as Canate through the, the impact of the pandemic. But when I look at it, I and I know there's been a number of players whose contracts have run down, Sturridge, Lalana, Vinaldo, and that Klopp is happy for them to reach the end of that contract and say, that was the agreement we had, you're going to be contracted here till that length, and then you part ways and we're happy for you to move on without a fee. I don't see it playing out that of Salah, Mane and Firmino, one of those isn't sold to, re to, to, to get back some money. I mean off the top of my head, that, that that's over £100 million worth of talent invested into the team there in transfer fees, that surely some of that money is going to be looked to be 
brought back in. I agree, Mane maybe stays around, and he's the one who sees out his contract. Sell Firmino, and the contract goes to Mohamed Salah. Yeah, I mean the the, the contract for Salah is is a no brainer. You have to to do that, in in my opinion. I don't think it would be cost effective, and we've gone through all of, of the reasons for that. So I don't think there's there's really an argument to to let him be that one. I, I understand the the point with Roberto Firmino, but I just I, I don't see where he goes, and I don't see. A little bit like Genie Wijnaldum, there was that kind of conversation around him a, a year before he left. Of, you know, I think Atletico Madrid maybe were, were linked with him. I think there was there was a couple of teams that kind of that sort of twenty twenty five million pounds was was put on the table. A little bit like what Liverpool did with Thiago. They decided to to pay the twenty five million rather than wait for him on a free transfer, and and they thought that that was was good value. Bayern Munich decided that that was good value for them to get that money rather than than wait for for the free transfer, but. I just don't see how many clubs out there would be prepared to to pay that sort of money for for Firmino this summer. And if Liverpool were to get twenty million, say, for him, just to to pluck a, a figure out of the air, if if that was the case, would you rather have the the twenty million for Roberto Firmino, or would you rather just keep him for for next season? I mean, I'm just not sure that that's that's enough of a, a game changing amount for, for Liverpool to to make that decision. To be honest, I know it's in theory easy to say, oh well that's 20 million that you could put towards Salah's contract. But I just don't think it, it works necessarily quite like that. I mean, the, the Cape Gordon point's an interesting one. There's lots of, of good young talents coming through at, at Liverpool. But again, they've had opportunities this season. They've they've got those players ahead of them in the pecking order. But we have seen a bit of Cape Gordon. I think we probably would have seen a little bit more of him had he not been injured. I do think that there's a balance to be struck there. But I don't think you know it, it would be a case of sell Roberto Firmino and, and one of the youngsters steps up. I think if you let one of the front three go this summer, you've got to go in and get another one and, and make sure it is that that front five Minamino behind them. Otherwise, Liverpool are, are not going to compete on as many fronts next season. They're not going to have the, the same kind of, of season as what they've had this season. So for me, it's, it's a case of if you sell Roberto Firmino this summer, who do you get in instead of him? Is it cost effective? Is it more cost effective to, to keep him? For me, it's it's more it's more sensible, I think, just to, to keep him around because he is a unique player. He's a player that is still valuable to Liverpool. He's probably a player now that's a little bit used to, to coming off the bench and, and having that role more. I think it's it's difficult to find someone that would come in and have a similar sort of impact as him, still be able to score those goals, still be able to do the, the kind of Firmino-type things. I think to, to have that kind of, of transfer pitch to replace him it's probably going to be quite costly. So for me, it's it's a case of just stick with what you have. I think Salah and Mane have to get new contracts. But for me, Firmino probably doesn't. But at the same time, I probably wouldn't sell him either, to be honest. Right, OK. Paolo Duval is there on the on the market. He plays a, a similar type role, but let's not get into that because his wages <laughs> would be absolutely extravagant. Uh, final one then. You've, you've three and a half minutes to talk about Mohamed Salah. I mean... Question on this one is new contract at all costs or at what point does he have to get sold if a contract's not being agreed? Well, it, it can't be at all costs. Again, we've we've been over this countless times, haven't we? It, it can't be at all costs because Liverpool have a wage structure. They know that, you know, if Mohamed Salah was to, to come in on a crazy amount of money, then suddenly everyone else can can kind of make that argument as well. I mean, I think that's true to an extent. I'm I'm not quite convinced that. Virgil van Dijk, if you said to him, 
would you rather Mohamed Salah left or would you rather Mohamed Salah was paid fairly in line with what you're paid? I think he'd rather just keep him and and be a part of, of the same team as him rather than in going somewhere else. But I, I don't know. I, I still feel like it's it's one that will get done at some point because, again, I think Mohamed Salah knows that there's not really a better place for him to go. I know there was... Right, OK. Of... Hypothetical, hypothetical question here. Mm-hmm. Kylian Mbappe leaves PSG. They get a new manager in. £150 million bid arrives from Mohamed Salah. What are you doing? I mean, that would it would be almost impossible to say no to it, wouldn't it? But for me, it still comes back to would Mohamed Salah rather play for Liverpool or would he rather play for PSG? Where I, would I his agent rather take him? I think well, it's a question. Exactly. That's that's where that, that line has got to be drawn, isn't it? I think there's, there's clearly a push from his agents and his representatives to get what he feels he, he he is deserving of, but at some point you've got to balance that up, haven't you? Would you would you rather get the extra hundred thousand a week or, or would you rather play for Liverpool? I think it, you know, again it's easy for me to say this, but it, it would feel like a an obvious choice to me. I think to go to PSG would would be a step down. I don't think there's any doubt about that. The other thing as well, I mean that there was that line, wasn't there, which I presume must have been pushed by his agent that he was happy to to go somewhere else in the Premier League. But Again, I can't really see that that happens. I don't think that you know, if he was to go to, to a Manchester City or, or something like that. Again, I just I, I know it's it's theoretically possible, isn't it? But I just find it really, really hard to believe that that, that would ever happen. So I don't know. It's it, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? The one thing I, I I just want it to be sorted before the summer transfer window, because otherwise we're going to have these conversations every single day during the summer. It's going to be Barcelona. It's going to be Real Madrid, PSG, Bayern, whoever. Whatever names people can can kind of pick out, it's it's going to be one of those where it's uh, it, it's kind of never ending during the summer. So, yeah, it, it can't be done at all costs. The only thing I would say is there's there's kind of been transfer links with a few players. Victor Osman this morning was was one, and the kind of figure is is eighty three million that it would cost to to sign him. Well, it's about eighty two million to sign Mohamed Salah up for the next four years on three hundred and twenty thousand a week. So. I don't know. There's got to be a balance. I still think it's more cost-effective for Liverpool to keep him rather than replace him. And I still think it's the best place for him to play his football. So I can't see him going anywhere. But the longer we have to wait, the more worried you're going to get. And if they've got £22 million for Roberto Firmino, it'd only be £60 million over four years <laughs> there to, to, to pay for it. Anyway, that's that's all we have time for this edition of The Agenda. Thanks for joining myself, Guy Clark, and Matt Addison. Do leave your thoughts in the comment section below. And for those listening, wherever it is, you get your audio on demand. Thanks, as ever, for joining us. It's bye for now. You've been listening to The Agenda podcast on the Blood Red channel.